Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Donna Brown, and Donna Brown coaches seekers, that is, remarkable people who design their life with purpose and passion. Donna runs an international coaching consultancy based in Milan, Italy, and Ottawa, Canada. Her methodology is an intertwining of contemplative practices, creative visualization, deep coaching, and brainstorming techniques. Amongst her clients are internationally renowned designers, spiritual mentors, and teachers, artists, and specialists in the food service industry, as well as many other industries. Welcome to the show, Donna. Welcome, Ty. It's such a joy to be here. Pleasure is mine. We've gotten to know each other a bit over the last uh, few months, uh, based on a mutual friend of ours. And um, it's been interesting seeing your journey and just learning about what you do through Facebook and uh, various conversations we've had. So I'm very, very excited to have you on here. But as is customary with every guest, I always like them to start with their story. You know, your story is one that many people relate to, but because you have a TCK background. But I'm curious to know where you think it all started for you. Wow. Okay. So it started on various levels. Let's put it that way. And sort of the more traditional level, I spent a lot of um, many years as a classical musician. And what came to the crunch of just committing to that for the rest of my life as a as sort of my main work, it really, I, there was a part of me that just said, oh, I think there's something else that you should be looking at. And so uh, from Toronto, Canada, I picked up you know, packed my bags and moved to Italy. And I had decided to work in fashion, but I was also not willing to do another four year study to, to discover that I didn't really want to do that either. So I just went for it and, and, and got a job 
in in the industry and you know gradually worked my way up in as a designer of knitwear for some pretty big names and then moved to moved into designing things for the home home textiles uh, like the fashion coordinator of a large home furnishings department store here and while i was doing all that i was exploring garden design and uh, you know editorial projects i was on tv a lot and as things evolved like over the years i was just invited and and i guess my curiosity and the opportunities led me to do lots and lots of different things uh yeah lots of different things and I had trouble putting them all together and I would, uh, and I, we were talking about this a little bit earlier that it was um, before going live is that uh, I always felt guilty, you know, this, the imposter syndrome that we were talking about because most of the jobs that I've done, I, I really hadn't studied for or studied very little or had very little preparation. So it was really up to me to um, go inwards to see if it was something that I was able to do. And, feel that possibility within me, that ability to bring, not just to, to do it, but to also bring a really, really good result. And so I would just go for it. Um, as, a, as a TCK person, I would say that my biggest thing, I don't know that I'm technically a TCK because maybe the third culture is missing. I, you know, a Canadian, very English Canadian with a name like Donna Brown living in Italy for over 35 years. But uh, I would say that maybe the third culture is my spiritual journey. And that made a huge, huge difference to me. And um, Buddhist studies really opened my mind because Buddhist is a philosophy and, you know, uh, not uh, a religion uh, or is also a philosophy and not just a religion, let's put it that way. And the concepts that really shifted my way of doing business and my way of showing up in the world were really related to my own self-awareness and my own spiritual path. So intention, motivation, service, offering, generosity, and all that kind of cool stuff. Huh. And it's so interesting because, I mean, by definition, you are definitely a third culture kid. I mean, it's usually it's, you know, your home culture the uh, the culture that you go to those those cultures you go to and the mix of all those um, mm. you know differences so I could be Nigerian and then my parents uh, culture and then the mix of whatever I tapped into as I moved, lived in five different continents uh, so you know it's it's basically you being the minority everywhere you went and with your story I'm interested in that spiritual element you talked about that being a big part of who you are. In fact, you defined it as potentially the third culture. When did that journey start for you? That journey started for me, like, I guess like it does for a lot of people, usually in a moment of, or yeah, a long moment, let's put it that way, a period of uh, personal difficulty and trial. And for years I had been saying, if I were anything, I'd be Buddhist. But I was just say, I, would, I just kept saying it but without doing anything. I literally went around saying that for probably one decade or more and then I started meditating on my own and a series of uh, fortunate events set me you know on the path of meeting some very incredible uh, spiritual teachers some incredible lamas but um, as I said that to me it really it does it shifts everything you do so anybody who meditates or anybody who is working on mindfulness or self-awareness or just understanding who they who they are really sort of underneath the surface will understand what I mean, that it changes, you know, even how you drink a glass of water or how you walk down the street or how you say hello to people. So obviously it shows up in business, but um, the more I sort of looked into 
let's say, the way things are rather than the way things appear, it really became apparent to me that we have a gross misunderstanding of what business actually is and that it isn't serving us. And by that I mean uh, business really is an extension of ourselves and as a form of self-expression and that we have been considering it and treating it as something very separate from ourselves hasn't really allowed us to flourish I think as much as we can and I think global trends and people you know self-authoring and creating their own lives and their own lifestyles and their own ways of let's call it creating income or or their livelihood really is is supporting this fact that um that to be really happy and to look for meaning in what we're doing, we really should have to go inwards before we go outwards looking for that famous thing called ideal client. Wow. 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 Okay. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm seeing that, that part of your life because it's, it's definitely one that uh, makes sense. And I told you, you remind me of, you know, this is like Oprah super soul Sunday. Uh, just listen to you talking. But the other thing that I found about you, despite, me knowing that spirituality is a big part of who you are and it really guides a lot of what you do is you have this concept where you say life is a runway. Can you explain? Oh, actually it isn't. <laughs> it's so cool. I went, so of course we're all looking for purpose and this is really around um, purpose. And I think that we, there's a gross misunderstanding about purpose as well because we've been taught that it's uh, this one thing with capital letters and this one thing is usually a label. So I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a, you know, somebody who's a volunteer, I work in nonprofit, or I'm a musician, I'm an artist, and all these labels. But the truth of the matter is, is that the way things line up for people, it doesn't actually work that way for most people. And because it doesn't work that way for most people, we tend to feel guilty or like maybe we're not worth as much as the person who is, you know, the amazing musician who has found their let's say, their groove or their the, this alignment of purpose and expression because we're still sort of hunting around for ours. And um, I came to understand it as a way of, you know, showing up in the world and of relating to the world. But the story that you're referring to is really fun. I have a friend who channels, and I asked her, of course, in a moment of dark despair with tears and the whole thing, you know, what is my purpose? Why am I here? The usual stuff that people ask themselves right, in various phases of their life. And the answer I got was perfect for, you know, it's perfect uh, answer for everybody, I think, and that life is not a highway where you get on the on-ramp and you drive straight until you die. And that life is really a walk in the garden. And to consider, to open myself up to considering life in that way, and that as you walk through a garden, normally you'll be attracted by flowers and you'll go and see them and see their petals and smell, you know, their perfume and uh, maybe see the insects, the butterflies flying around. And then you'll be attracted by something else and you'll go and listen to, you'll see a fountain. So you go and look at the fountain and feel the water and see the sunlight playing on the water. And then maybe after this time, it's been, you know, a sunny day, you've been walking for a while. You'll go see, you'll see a, a, a bench under a stand of oak trees and you go and sit in the shade and really that all these different moments are us exploring uh, ourselves and ourselves in relationship to the world and, and the world itself and as you allow that then all of a sudden everything opens up right you can relax I relax a lot more after that it made me feel a lot better I, yeah, I was really um, driven by this desire to find this 
you know, this one thing that once I found this one thing, things would click into place and everything would be so-called perfect, right? Because this is what we're, this is kind of the image that we have, right? Yeah. Of how things work, but it, it doesn't ever really work that way. We have moments of perfection, let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating concept because I feel like if someone grasped what you just said, they will put less pressure on themselves whenever that perceived failure is. I feel like we have a, wrong idea of what failure is and failure a lot of times isn't mm. necessarily you doing something and then not achieving the desired result is it's failure to not start <laughs> failure to not move away uh from something that you know that's uh that's bad for you and failure to not pursue whatever you feel like your purpose is because we miss that important uh lesson and element that the journey does give us you know the journey tells us more than we ever could uh, realize if we only take some time to be present and realize that. That's why I love um, uh, The Alchemist. It's one of my favorite books. And, mm. um, you know, the main character, Santiago, I don't know if you've read it, but um, yeah. he learns a lot as he goes through, you know, seeking that uh, alchemy. And uh, it's a very short read, but it's very, very profound uh, in its in its lessons. So um, definitely understand that. So speaking of understanding, how do we get to the point where we then understand what it is that is underneath our doing and our things? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so these are short answers. I don't know. But a longer answer is um, what this is. I can just share my experience. So that there, yeah, that would love that. <laughs> <laughs> so my experience was this, as I said, as I moved to all these different things like fashion designer and, you know, writing cookbooks or writing, creating, you know, working on TV formats and coaching, you know, uh, a former Buddhist monk or t helping them create a virtual Dharma center or coaching, you know, millionaires and entrepreneurs at various levels to create more impact with their business. It just really, it sounds very disjointed, right? It's like, okay, you've done a lot of things, but there, I couldn't really find that fil rouge, that thing that connects them all. And it really wasn't until I understood that as far as purpose goes, it's how I show up in the world that I ended up doing the same thing for each client. And so it's how I do things and how I relate to the world and what I have to offer that was the same for everybody. And so that became my purpose. So my purpose is really to facilitate people in, in the ma in manifestation of their purpose, if that makes sense. So by being able to, as I said, I'm an into, I've, I've mentioned before and, and, I'm pretty relatively public about it that I'm uh, intuitive to not say more. So I, I really can understand and perceive what's going on and feel and see what's going on with a client, whether it's a company or an individual. And then from there, understand what it is that they could be and what they could become and their possibilities. And uh, it's very, it's always interesting that it ends up being multiple income streams, even though it's not something I ever specifically look for and then yeah. sharing this vision with them you know creating this vision and then sharing the vision with them and creating a blueprint and executing so if you look at this process of discovery vision blueprint and execution i've done that for every single client yeah. and so then i kind of sort of relax into this thing about really being a visionary and a mentor and as that then everything starts making sense so when people are stuck with you know what is it that i do or they have two or three things there's always maybe i, I would call it a quality of what they're doing uh that you that unifies everything so for example last week i was speaking to one person who was doing um a form of research and a form of coaching tutoring 
and then also producing things, but really uh, with her mom, she was in business with her mom, but the, the underlying activities that she did are sort of going beneath that is really this nurturing quality and helping people and uh, the studies that she was doing a specific part of a type of research. So she was helping that whole process to flourish. She's helping these students flourish in their academic studies. And she was taking on a part of the business with her mother that really was what allowed the business to flourish. So she's this nurturing, caring person. And she was using different aspects of her other abilities to uh, sort of as an uh, as they intertwine to act in these different spheres that didn't make sense to her. And once we started talking about it in those terms, everything people were generally relaxed and they smile. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. I am like that. And and I think that's a really important. I hope that's helpful to to your listeners because I know that so many people do a lot of different things and they can't really find. You know, they're looking for this one thing, but maybe the one thing is being a nurturer or being a mentor, or being uh, a creator, or being uh, something larger than that. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And, you know, speaking to you earlier, I, I know that this is, I don't know if it's loosely connected to it, but you have, you know, you talk about understanding what is underneath for us to advance, but there's also this concept of us being the content, not the container. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to. So we did mention before, we we're saying artist, musician, father, mm -hmm. speaker, right. uh, consultant, all these things. These are the containers that we put ourselves in. And so we are the content. And there's really, and so I think that one of the big things about titles and the reason people struggle with them so much is that how can a very short title <laughs> reflect the, the, the muchness, let's put it that way, of who we are, of, of everything that we have to offer. So these job titles that we come up with are always feel like we're in a way that we're lying. And this is something that I would feel like, I would feel like I wasn't telling the truth because like, that's not all I am. And I would never feel comfortable saying those. And I really think that, you know, elevator pitches are just really a, an acknowledgement that those titles are insufficient, but the elevator pitches themselves are also very preclusive. And so again, it really just, they, that, that's why so many people, I think you feel uncomfortable when you're listening to their elevator pitch, because it doesn't really, it can never really reflect who they are. I don't have an answer as to what to do instead of having an elevator pitch. I don't have one, by the way, so I'm not sure that that's a great solution. But as I said, all those things really is just getting back to giving yourself a label and a container rather than being the content. And I think that there's this great, uh, and it leads people astray and makes people frustrated and they, they start feeling a little bit disconnected maybe with, with their job or with the, whether they've created for themselves or not by giving themselves this small title. And I have this story that I love about, well, I love it. That sounds, I guess, mean maybe, but it, I think it's a great story and about Kodak, you know, and everybody knows what a Kodak moment is. And the ad agency that created that understood that the purpose, really, so the mission and the purpose of Kodak was to facilitate the visual documentation of the human experience. Yeah. Wow. wow. So when you say it like that, yeah, it's like, wow. It's like, oh, you say, wow, that's the proof. It's like, whoa, that's a thing, right? <laughs> and that has nothing to do with technology. It has nothing to do with markets. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. So the fact that Kodak identified, they self-identified with the container, so film, um, what they were using to help that, they they didn't understand that, that their real mission, their real purpose was the facilitation 
of the visual documentation of the human experience. If they had known that, like known that in their bones, they would still be at the forefront. They would have been excited about digital uh, photography. They would have been excited about, I don't know, holograms. I have no idea. I'm not a, a, an expert on everything that's coming up, also in virtual reality and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But because they they identified too strongly with, oh, we make film and we make print paper, but they didn't understand the purpose of making film and paper. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's how they got confused and lost and and eventually, you know, ended up the way they ended up. So it's this, you know, I invite people to stop thinking of themselves in those terms and try and think of what's going underneath. Because when I said that definition of what I think their actual purpose was, the reaction of everybody is kind of like, wow, that's like, that's a beautiful thing. It's a big thing. And if you can find that about yourself, then everything you do is really just um, some form of expression of that. And it just makes it a lot more fun, a lot more interesting. Well, let me ask you this. What is your content? My content is, again, I'm a visionary and a mentor for people. So really my purpose is to, to show, to help people understand their own mission and their own purpose, in that sense, in the going below, and understanding how they can make something that is even more in a, uh even more them than they are now or create a, a business or activity. I'd like to call it activity because not everybody had, let's say a money-making business. Sometimes these are NGOs. Sometimes they're spiritual activities, but really. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently, Phoenix, Kansas city, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. How to... Uh, come into the full expression of what it is they're meant to bring forth in the world. And yeah, and so by me doing that better, I help others do that better. And that kind of, I'm going to steal a little, uh, a moment here to just say that's what I actually think an ideal client is for everybody. And it's really knowing yourself. No, it starts with you. It has to start with you. Uh, your business is yours. It doesn't belong to your ideal client. So what, what makes you happy? What makes you feel fulfilled? You feel like you're expansive. I would say growing, and really, when you when when you understand, as I said, your purpose and how you're meant to show up in the world, the ideal client, your ideal client, really is just the person or company that needs what you have to offer to do what they need to do in the world. So that sounds vague, but it's actually very precise. So once you know what you're supposed to do, then it's easier to look for. Um, the ideal client and we're focusing so much on the external factors of who they are and like we decide oh maybe this is these are the things I know how to do I'm kind of good at this I'm a lot good at that I enjoy this I enjoy that so therefore my ideal client will be 
this person, that person or whatever, but I don't know that. And you're involved, I think a little bit in the online space and you'll see people saying, Oh, I've changed my ideal client. That's not who I serve anymore. But it really is just a reflection of their lack of understanding of how they're meant to show up. It's so basically, I mean, what I'm hearing is that you, you know, you create business and spiritual alchemy. I think you've said that to me before, but that's, that's essentially if I was to put that into a few words uh, and you help them do that. Yeah, business business is a spiritual practice, and by that, you know, people don't need to freak out and think that they have to have gongs and incense and everything in their business. However, <laughs> by that I mean that you need, even though kind of like them, but it's it's really this process of self awareness. So the more I go inwards, and the more I understand about myself, and and just yeah, who I am, what I'm, who I am, and I don't want to go into all that, but just sort of who I am, why I'm here what I'm meant to be doing and sort of what, what I understand as the nature of reality, then of course it's going to shift your business and, and to how you show up with other people. And so and by that, I mean, business is a spiritual practice. People don't need to go, you know, crazy bananas and thinking I'm starting a business cult or something, but it's really just that deep connection with yourself and that everything you do. And you, because if you know that, if you know yourself, and you honor yourself, you can't make business decisions that will burn you out because you won't let yourself. You'll just say, that isn't for me. I'm just going to say no, or I'm going to walk away, or I'm not going to do that anymore. Or, you know, when it, it makes your choices easier. It makes your opportunities easier to choose. Like you get less distracted by things that are sort of off. I say, I don't want to call them off purpose might be the easiest or out of alignment is another thing that people like to, you know, way of describing it. But also you'll be less distracted by the competition because what you perceive as a competition, because everybody has their own path and their business is unique. And, you know, a lot of branding people will tell you this, but it's even deeper than what they're telling you. And so the deeper you can go about who you are and what you believe and how you're meant to be, then obviously everything about your business will change. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. I love that. You know, so <laughs> listening to you, I've you know I've, I've heard you talk about this. You hinted at this, your intuitiveness that that's your difference. Mm. We usually have a segment at the end of the interviews where I ask people how they use their difference to make a difference. But I'm going to break the rules today since I okay. already know that that's basically that's essentially <laughs> what your difference is. So this intuitive ability of yours, can you elaborate mm. on that more? Because obviously, that's that's quite the gift. <laughs> But we all have it, right? And we just, but uh, our education system and a lot of the, a, a lot of cultures have not always um, honored that. I mean, maybe if you, if you go further back, I think, yes, these were very respected gifts. And I think it's very interesting now that as more and more people come out, you, know, you see this all the time. Oh, I'm a web designer, but really I am a psychic and I, you know, channel, do channel readings, or I'm, people are coming out and saying what other, what other things they have going on and their business tools. Like they're, they're really, really precise business tools if you can use them. And, um, and I've just realized over the years, I was trying to figure out why was I always doing these creative jobs when I didn't consider myself like that, you know, sort of the mad scientist or the mad creator, like the sort of the Picasso type person, you know, flinging paint around you know what I mean I've, I just always considered myself to have a very different creative process and really it was this ability to just feel and see what's going on and then to I was always very good at and have always been very good at trends just because of that ability to just sort of really perceive what's happening 
and where things are shifting and where things could shift. So this has played a huge role. I mean, it took me a long time, an embarrassingly long time to figure out that this was actually what was going on. And even though I've always, you know, I've always been full of ideas and, you know, people call me the idea machine and my kids hate going places with me because I'm always, you know, suggesting things to people asking, if, you know, if they have a store or a restaurant or whatever, have you thought of this or have you ever thought of trying that? And they wish I would say nothing at all. But because I just get inundated with ideas and visions for people and this and feelings about the way things uh, are and as, I, and as a musician, uh, when I'm looking for a solution for things, and I, I don't know how other people, what happens to other people, and I've, I've talked to more and more people about this, but then when I'm looking for a solution, and, and maybe you, you will have some sort of idea about how this works for you. If I'm looking for something, and I'm, it just it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right, it's, it's my body, right? You're, you, you feel that something doesn't feel right. We, we all don't listen to our body enough. And when we do, things tend to work out better. But when that things fall into place or I find the right the right answer or the right solution, whatever that is, whether it's a color or a shape or a product or um, a, a business model, there's kind of that relaxation. You know, when things are in tune or things feel like crystal clear or a bell's ringing, you know, that, that sort of sound of truth has a very specific ring to it. And it resonates in your body in a very specific way. So I use all of those tools to find my way to the right thing. And, and I kind of just, if it doesn't feel comfortable, I just don't give up until I find the thing that makes me feel good. And that's maybe a pretty vague description. But if, if you think about it in your own life, we'll, we'll decide when we're trying to decide where to go, even for dinner, like that doesn't feel good. That doesn't, oh, that feels good. And then you decide. So it's something that we all do. It's just, I do it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So, no, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. So someone's listening to you right now, you know, Donna, they're saying, mm. you know, all this is great. This is fantastic. You talk about purpose. You talk about us understanding, you know, the, the, the content, not the container, but they're, they coming back to you and encountering, well, I'm multi-passionate, you know, I've got so many passions. I don't know how to really go underneath because if I go underneath one and I go underneath another, what do you say to that person that is harping on that word multi-passionate? So I think multi-passionate's a funny word, right? Because, you know, people like to make up fun words. And the, it, it's fun just because, and funny to me anyways, just because we all like more than one thing. And we're all like, maybe you love to bake and maybe you like a sport and your kids and maybe you're a graphic designer. Well, that you're, you're already, we're all multi-passionate. So there isn't anybody that isn't multi-passionate. It's just some people decide they, Okay, so to me, I think that the my my understanding of the use of the word multi-passionate is because they haven't understood underneath what is tying all those things together. So as I said that, you know, because I am a visionary and I'm a creative and I'm a mentor, everything I've done has been to mentor companies or individuals and create through creation and through a shared vision. So when you understand what it is that you do, underneath all those things i can promise you that there's something that connects them all and it's very quite often it can be very surprising so some people uh as i said this person discovered that she really likes to nurture people and that this word flourishing came came up in her description of things i said do you notice how many times you've said that so this is something that's very important to you so it's the quality that you bring to these things i'm sure that they all have them they just haven't been able to figure out what it is yet. So there is hope. We can, they can call me, they can get in touch and we can figure it out. But what I love, uh, as much as I love the, the visionary part of things, I also love 
when things take form and take shape in reality. So I think that as much as we're looking for the deeper meaning in what we do and why we do things, it's very, it's really interesting. And I think a lot of the fun starts is when there's that connection between our understanding of ourselves and then, you know, creating something or bringing something into the world, whether it's being a speaker or a consultant, a doctor or a mom or a gardener, it doesn't really matter what. I think that's, I don't know, I think that's exciting, sort of making things, having things take shape and take form. Yeah, wow, yeah. I, you're, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've been saying I've been multi-passionate from the beginning just because I've just had many of those things. And I feel like it's, it's interesting the way the world has almost made it seem like if you don't um, focus on one thing, and and really really become known for that, then you are sort of doing yourself a disservice. So, I do appreciate your definition of uh, maybe reframing the way we approach that word, and um, basically just acknowledging that yeah, everybody likes more than one thing. And when we growing up as a kid, you wanted to be many things, and you know, as it's only as we grew older that we felt like we had to basically put ourselves in certain boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. we're because we're the content, not the container. Right, yeah. that's it. Yeah, it all comes back to that. It all comes back to being the content and not the container. So, um, let's talk about some of the fun aspects of what you do. You you do this thing where you're in Italy and you're in Canada. That's that's it's uh, it's a dream for most people. A lot of people here on the podcast they do identify with several cultures, but they do wonder how to build businesses across continents. And you literally do that. So, how did you open your business way it operates in both continents? Yeah. Well, what I'm, what I love about what I can, what I'm doing now and, and how I'm able to, through technology, reach out and create amazing co-collaborations is that I've been, that I'm trying to make it a, I don't know want to say a purpose, a principle, but no, I'm not a purpose, a principle maybe to organize something everywhere I go as much as possible. And that doesn't mean that I want to work all the, it's not that I'm, um, you know, it's not from this point of view of, um, you know, I have to work all the time or something. It's just that there are beautiful people everywhere. And I think that the, the human connection, as much as I love digital uh, and I love the online world, I also love human connection. And, and of course, we are social animals. We're meant to be, you know, to congregate and to do things together and to see each other in person. So I love uh, co. I'm I'm co-creating with uh, different people that that I've chosen either as clients or partners and other things in what I've called the blissed out business experience, and that really is to take the unique gifts of that person, may coach them around their own business, and then create an event that is unique to us, uh, something that only the two of us could put together, and then bringing that to their local community, and it allows them to insert themselves more into the, the the fabric of their community rather than being only online. And it also, uh, and that's fun. And then it's just interesting to see all the different realities and the different vibes of each city and each place. So it's really not even just Ottawa and Italy. It's really um, wherever I go. I mean, I've done, uh, done some things in the States this summer and, and in other places in Canada. Uh, and Ottawa is really the house. It's in Quebec, actually. It's on the French side. It's uh, a dedicated retreat space, so it's for deeper work for either one-to-one or with uh, uh, small groups. But it's really just setting the intention and, and allowing yourself to imagine something. You know, what what would it be like if? And we 
it's easier than you think. You can start small. Uh, you can sometimes some things stay small, some things get big. I think that people should just really, um, you know, to your listeners, I would say really just allow things to take one step at a time. So quite often we'll create this big vision of something. And if we can't do the full blown version of it, we do nothing at all. And sometimes, you know, it started off with free workshops and talking about another um, initiative that I have about um, helping people to use their, leverage their social media followings for social impact. But really just giving public talks and uh, free workshops to other people who are going to maybe, let's say, another event, so almost like a pre-event or uh, just looking for the, and that's just in my specific case, but really just find the easiest way you can to do something that's similar to what you want to do. It doesn't have to be the full-blown version, and I think we get caught up in that. If I don't have all the pieces, all the moving parts, all the PR, all the everything, then then you feel like you can't do anything at all, but that isn't really true. You just yeah. need to allow things to grow sometimes. Yeah, no. Um, no, I'm a big fan of you, and you know that already, so I, I love the fact that you, you, know, you do what you do, um, and you help people really just dig deeper than they normally would and i think one of the conversations we had was you asked me a question and you're like nah it's yeah dig a little deeper and i i think uh a lot of us need that type of challenge in our lives where you know we become custom or used to just saying things that we feel like define us but we forget that we are capable of actually digging deeper to really the core of where it all started so um that's what mm. i hope people are gaining from this interview and i uh i hope that people do reach out to you based on that um, one last. I thing. hope so too. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm certain. <laughs> Espero. I hope. J'espère. Um, oh, even this is before the last thing. Which? What is your favorite city in the world? I forgot to ask you that. This is just. This is. Just oh wow! Is that is that a typical question? I forgot. No, I don't have a favorite city in the world. I'm really bad at that kind of thing. I think each place because I love things. Just I love life and exploring and things so much. I think every place has such. And it it sounds like this platitude but it isn't really every place has such an interesting vibe and um there's something unique about about all about all yeah about, about most cities and right now i'm craving a lot of nature i have been stuck in big cities for quite a while the last couple of years and so right now i'm harking for nature let's put it that way uh but yeah no i love toronto city that i come from i have so a little shout out there for toronto i mean who doesn't love new york and paris and you know rome and all the big cities are great but of course you know my heart is also in india and and other places as well so i'm just hoping to discover more places so i can add a new favorite city to my list that's my that's my that's my goal. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I, I don't know if you gave me quite the answer there, but it's all right. <laughs> no, I didn't. I got, I, I got, I switched around. It's like, no, nah, because I don't have a favorite place. Like, so it's maybe depends what you feel like. Do you do you have you may have a favorite food, but would you want to eat that three times a day for the rest of your life? No. So the city is like sometimes it's like yeah, I would just love to be in Paris right now, or yeah, I just there are times when I just love being in Toronto and I love being in Ottawa and I love being in New York and. I was in uh, Los Angeles and I got to discover it a little bit more this time. And I, there was a lot that I really loved about it. So I don't know. And I'm in Vancouver right now as we're recording and Vancouver is beautiful. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just really, everything is so special. So it's like, how do you choose? It's like, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you choose? Everything is so special. Yeah. Canada is Canada's really, definitely a place I haven't visited. So I, I want to visit. So. No. Well, well, you're invited. Yeah. Official invitation. Gracias. Gracias. Um, all right. The, the the question I had in mind was, 
you know, I'm, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Uh, I'm not everybody might be, but a lot of people know I'm quite obsessed. So when I came across your bio and you talked about Seekers, I was thinking of one Seeker in mind. <laughs> and that, that, that was, you know, the, in Quidditch, there's a sport in Harry Potter and that was, you know, that's Harry's, Harry's role as a Seeker. So he plays yeah. that in the sport. But what do you mean by Seeker? And, and those are the clients you say you work with. So I, I wanted you to define that. So anyone listening who defines themselves as a seeker can reach out to you. Well, a Quidditch seeker would be cool because I do love Harry Potter. <laughs> and yeah, that would be totally cool. But seeker, that's actually really quite similar in a way. People who are always look at, the word says it, they're, seek, they're looking for something. So the seeking is really my relationship with myself, my relationship with the world. What What's 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 next in the sense, not in the consumistic sort of way and the materialistic kind of way, but what's next is like, what else can I explore? What else can I learn? What else can I do? Uh, how else can I show up? How, what other changes can I make in the world? What other changes can I make with myself? Because that's where it all starts. So people who are constantly exploring life and themselves. Yeah, constantly exploring life and themselves. Well, if you're if you're interested in that and you you're looking for... Just that sense of gratitude and growth. Um, definitely head over to DonnaBrown.com, right? That's correct. And, that is right. Yeah, and she she works offline. She works online, and you know she's uh, an imaginable, an unimaginable ray of light. You you might have met a ray of light as you stepped out of your building because you saw the sun and you felt that on your body. But then imagine something ten times exponentially better than that, and then you got Donna Brown. So Donna. <laughs> Is uh someone that can instantly put a smile on your face, but I do encourage you all to check her out and check her website. And um, I appreciate her thoughts. is It's very, very different, and it's boldly different. So thank you so much, Donna. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a blessing to be here. Very grateful. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. Well, ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 